Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast and happy 2024. Wow, I can't believe that we are at the beginning of a new year. For the first 10 episodes in 2024, we are going to take a look back at the top 10 episodes of 2023. These were high value, high impact episodes that I really felt needed to be replayed and reshared. So sit back and enjoy this top 10 episode. You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And if you've ever thought of personal branding as something that entrepreneurs shouldn't do, then you want to make sure that you listen to today's episode because I guarantee you that if you are an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or a consultant, spe- professional speaker, your personal brand is critical to the success of your business. And I am so well happy and excited to welcome Tanya and Michael to the show because they are going to be talking about that exact same thing. Tanya, Michael, welcome. Hey, thank you, Kim. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So I'm just going to ask you the... Hey, Kim, your audio just went out. Not yet. You touched the wire, Kim. <laughs> you touched the wire. <laughs> it's happened to us all. As podcasters for seven years now, I always tell people, don't even think about looking at the first two years of the podcast. <laughs> Just please don't. <laughs> You're doing great. Awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Question that's on everybody's mind is, is how important is personal branding in terms of your business? Oh, critical. Absolutely mm-hmm. critical. You know, because your business is really an extension of you. And when people ask me, hey, what's the difference between personal branding and business branding? I ask them one question, which came first, you or your business? And they always say, well, I did. And I say, well, your business only exists because of you. So connect those two things at the hip. But your personal story has a lot to do with why your business exists in the first place. Well, today is going to be a wonderful episode. Well, Tanya and Michael are the co-founders and CEO and COO of Brandface. And they are a personal branding company focused on helping coaches, creators, and experts become sought-after authorities in their industry. So, of course, you are on the Author to Authority podcast. No better place to be. I am just so thrilled to have the two of you here because we talk about lots of many topics on the show But I don't always get a chance to talk with people who truly understand, you know, what it takes 
to make somebody an authority and that personal branding and getting yourself out there and the visibility factors and all these things. So I think today's episode is just going to be very encouraging for all of those out there. So first of all, let's get into personal branding a bit more. I'd love love for you guys to explain a bit about it. And, you know, what are, are, what would be the most important reason in your opinion that, you know, you need to have that personal brand? Yeah, Kim, I'll take that one because I'm actually, listeners, I want them to know I was a client of Tanya's before I became a partner in the company. So I can approach this question from a business owner that has utilized the services. Back then when hired Tanya, I hired her literally for marketing. Um, she She sold me marketing. She taught me branding. I did not realize at the time she had written a book called Brand Face. And was was just on the verge of publishing it when she started working with me. And back then it was a turn, she had a turnkey business and we, she did it all. And so she began to talk to me about these principles of branding and why they're so important, personal branding and why they're so important. And so we applied them to my real estate office. I was in the real estate business and it was just it made the company grow exponentially like the the reputation that we built she built for me like literally right off the bat really made a big difference on how that company took off and we started in like the end of third quarter 2013 and so we finished off 2013 with hardly like two sales or something like that we quadrupled that the next quarter we we quadrupled all of the business by the first year and then we've continued to grow every year to this year using these principles even in and of ourselves. So I can approach this from somebody that has lived it and still lives it even today. And to differentiate yourself in any service forward-facing market is is unbelievably important because we all know that there's competitors out there, right? And it doesn't matter if you're an author, it doesn't matter if you're a podcaster, it doesn't matter if you're a speaker, a coach, a real estate agent, a landscaper, any of those, we know we have massive competition everywhere. And you've got to define who you are, what you stand for, and the five critical questions that we're going to talk about that every brand should define if you really want to stand out against that competition. I couldn't agree with you more, Michael. And I think people are afraid to stand out. Like they don't realize that it's their differences. It's the special things that they do that makes them sought after. I can remember back and now at this point I was in network marketing. I'd spent quite a few years in network marketing when the kids were growing up. It was easy for me me to be able to do as a stay-at-home mom. But I remember that... I didn't stand out. And my business finally grew when I stopped trying to be like everybody else and do network marketing the way Kim felt that network marketing should be done. And for me, that was kindness and caring and taking good care of your clients and and customers and working with your recruits and helping them to succeed. And when I did that, And then added a book on top of that, actually three books on top of that. My business really started to soar. So yeah, it's, it's, it's allowing yourself to be who you are and allowing yourself to shine. That's to me, that's just so incredible. 
Now, we heard a little bit of Michael's story there, Tanya. I'd love for you to share a bit of yours. Sure, sure. I actually started right out of high school. I sold vacuum cleaners door to door to pay my way through college. So, so that was very interesting. But one thing I noticed is that I had to have a very unique story. I had to tell my story just to get in the door. And when I formulated that story, I got into almost every door. And it made a huge difference. And I thought, wow. And I didn't even know such a term as personal branding existed back then. So I didn't really know what it was, but I figured it out. And so I did that for three years. And then I became, I was discovered by somebody in the radio industry and I went into the radio sales world. And when I got there, well, everything was just cranked up a notch, right? I was knocking on doors with people who were responsible for tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars of advertising budgets. And I was asking them for that money to invest in my product to promote their business. And and they were just slamming the door in my face left and right. And I thought, wow, this is very different. Like what's going on? And then I realized, well, if I want them to view me differently, I need to change the way I present myself. And yeah. so I began to rethink that. I became one of the first radio sales reps in the country to ever have my own website. And I began sending people to the website, kind of setting my credibility, but the entire focus was on what is it, how am I going to help you grow your business and my expertise in that, even though I was new in the industry, I knew enough about what to do to make a huge change in their business. And so when I realized that, I thought, wow, this is awesome. Now, if I can do that for myself, I bet you I can do it for my clients. And so that's when I really started working with my radio clients back then. And then by the time I was finished in the media world, I was working with television, newspaper, radio, internet, all across the board. And then in 2012 or so, I started writing the first book in the Brand Face series, which we'll talk about later. But it dawned on me then, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a tremendous opportunity to open a business and teach the formula for personal branding. So one of the things that you said stuck out to me and what you said was, is you talked about how you can make a difference in the client's life and expand their business. And the reason I'm focusing in on that is so many times we've been taught, oh, we need to promote ourselves. We need to do this. We need to talk about ourselves. We need to talk about our achievements, our, you know, or blah, 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 that nobody cares about. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You've, you've shared that, you know, it was when you focused on the client and their success. And that, to me, is one of uh, the keys to actually standing out and being seen as an authority. When when you care more about the other person than you do yourself. And it's almost it's almost like, I don't care if you work with me attitude. I want to work with you, but I don't need you. It almost becomes very attractive. Like I remember one of the first times that I just, I decided to kind of adopt that presence when I was talking to people. And I mean, people didn't know I was desperate. I mean, money was so tight. But I remember the first time I just kind of sat back, had a conversation. My whole body language spoke. I don't need your money. And I just focused in on the client and helping and serving them, not trying to convert somebody into a package. And the next thing you know, I sold the package. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
Wow, this is really cool. I'm going to try this <laughs> more often. <laughs> you know, I love that, Kim. The end of a lot of, you know, any sales calls that I happen to take and the end of that call, if if they say, well, I'm just not ready to make this decision yet or whatever, I say, hey, no problem. We're going to be here for a yeah. very, very, very long time. And when you're ready to make a change, we'll still be here, right? Mm -hmm. And that lets them know two things. We're not going anywhere. Well, three things, actually. We're not going anywhere. This is not life or death for us, whether you become our client. And then the third thing is that when they're ready to really make a change in their life, then they should come back to us. And yeah. so in just that simple thing, hey, no problem, we'll be ready. When you're ready to make a change, we'll be here. And it's delivered in a kind manner, but at the same time, it's very authoritative. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I do the same thing. You know, I have those conversations and it's usually one of, well, one of three things. Usually either A, they don't have the money, B, they don't have the time, or three, they have to go through somebody else to get permission and they're being stonewalled. And so my response is similar to yours. It's like, okay, well, you know, my door is always open, not going anywhere. Yeah. Yep. Ready when you got the time, when you have the money. You know, I'm here. Really funny because 2019, you know, I didn't have as much structure in my business, help, support. I was doing a lot of the things myself um, and I had health issues and I had someone who was working with me go through something tragic. It was just one of those really hard years. And I came to the end of 2019 and I'm like, I don't know if I can continue my business. I mean, took every penny I had to pay my employees and give them a very small business. It took, I was down to the last cents in my bank account to make sure they were paid and they got a small bonus that year. And was it, I had no more money left. Now, thankfully my husband had a good job. So, you know, I could take the time to rebuild, but I was just like, I'm like, I don't know if I can continue doing this. And it was really funny because, you know, three months later, because it's about three months for my sales cycle, like from the time when I really start prospecting lead gen, all that kind of stuff. It's about 90 days before I really start seeing results. Well, guess what happened in March, April of 2020? You blew up probably. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Because now all these people who had the time excuse were now sitting twiddling their thumbs. I didn't even have to go after business. They were all like, Kim, I've got time now. Can we do the book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny how it really works that way, mm -hmm. you know? So true. And it's like almost all businesses feast or famine to a certain extent, you know? And so I, I really, if there's one listener out there that's like, you know, I'm, I've been doing this for several years and I've given up pennies, last penny, you know, I thought it was doing good and now it's not. Just keep doing it. Just keep yeah. doing it. They're coming. They're just around the corner. I know it's not on your time. It's never on our time, but it's coming. And you just got to stay forward with it. And and you're going to see those explosions like that. And if you build your brand out, it's going to get, those dips are going to get smoother. Yes. They're still going to be there. They, they're still, that's business. You know what I mean? That's why, that's why, you know, they used to always got a kick out of it when they Google maps first came out and all the stockbrokers were 
counting the cars in the Walmart parking lot, trying to figure out whether they were going to make their numbers next month or not. And, you know, this the same way. Why did, why did it, why are numbers so important on Wall Street? Because we want to know as investors whether or not they're, and sometimes they don't make their numbers. Why? It's not because the company, sometimes it is, but most of the time, like a Walmart or something, it's just because that's the trend. So if you got a listener out there that needs to hear this, I hope that we, we touch your heart and mind. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Find some time to work. Maybe take that slow down to build your brand out. And then what's going to happen, you're going to see those dips start to smooth just a little bit. They're not going to hurt as bad. They're not going to be peaks and valleys, but they are always going to be there. That is awesome. We are going to stop for a quick ad break. And audience, I have been building out these resources for you. And today I want to share with you about the seven questions that you can ask before hiring a publisher. So we will be back in about 15 seconds. One of the keys to becoming an author is hiring the right publisher. It's the difference between having a book that converts readers into clients and one that sits unused on a shelf. Check out seven questions to ask before hiring a publisher. Get it free at authortoauthority.com slash publisher. Welcome back. Well, we just had a wonderful conversation Tanya and Michael have shared their stories. We talked a little bit about branding, talked a little bit about, you know, what do you do when things get hard? But I want to make sure that I give Tanya and Michael a chance to talk about the five critical elements missing from 90% of branding. So I'm going to let the two of you loose. Then I'll ask you some questions at the end there. All right. Okay. All right. So the five critical elements missing are really five questions that you have to answer before you can even begin to build your brand. And I want to start by saying this, because I think this is a really critical thing, the difference between marketing and branding, because there is a lot of confusion out there between those two things. Those terms are used interchangeably quite a bit. So we've pretty much simplified this. Marketing is utilizing different marketing channels or vehicles to get a message and image out to your customer. It could be a billboard. It could be a a podcast. It could be a YouTube video. It could be a PDF. It could be anything, right? Anything used to get a message or image out to your customer. Your brand is the message and image that goes into that marketing vehicle. So we want to separate those two very clearly because a lot of people will say, oh, my marketing doesn't work. That didn't work. This didn't work. And we say, well, wait a minute, let's look at it. Is it the marketing tool or the vehicle that didn't work? Or is it what you put into that vehicle? And 90% of the time, it's what they put into it. So what I want to talk about today is we're going to cover the five critical questions that every great brand must answer. Because if you don't have answers to these questions, you absolutely do not have a brand worth marketing. Okay. (laughs) I know that sounds bold, but it is absolutely true. And I do this in love to help the people who are missing all of that, because it's very easy to spend all your hard-earned money and all of your very valuable time trying to promote something that has no teeth. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what we'll talk about. Okay. So I'll take number one. Number one is exactly who do you serve? 
And I like that word exactly in there because don't tell me that I serve people, you know, who want to write books, right? Or I serve people who, you know, need a better brand to market or, you know, whatever it is, right? We have to be super, super specific about who it is we're targeting all the way down to their age, to what their preferences are. What are they really seeking out of life? What phase of life are they in? I mean, all of those things beyond just the usual demographics, we need to look at those psychographics too, because if you don't, how on earth, number one, would you know where to market? And number two, what to put in that marketing to attract that person if you don't know who it is you're trying to attract in the first place. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people, that sounds like duh, right? But I cannot tell you the number of people, probably close to 90%, which is where we get that number from, that think they're dialed into an ideal customer when they're very, just very generic with that. And so that was yeah. number one, exactly who do you serve? And number two is how do you serve them? It needs to be really, you also need to boil that down and mm -hmm. know the difference. And go ahead and tell you, like, if you just say, well, I help people, so does everybody else. And I'm not <laughs> saying that you don't help people, <laughs> but I'm saying so does everybody else. So you got it. Like in the real estate business, I deal with this a lot. You know, well, I just care about people and I just want to help them. Well, I know that because you're a good person. But that, so does everybody else. And and even yeah. ones that might not have your best interest, they're still going to say they have your best interest. So you got to find something that's a little bit more defined about how exactly how do you serve them? Yeah. Let us stop you guys right there because there there is so much alignment here. So in my book, Author to Authority, I teach about creating the core marketing message. The first two things is who do you serve and how do you serve them? I love it. There you go. Perfect. You're dead on. Relationship to those two. So yeah. I am loving this conversation. Awesome. See, great minds think alike, Kim. Exactly. <laughs> I want to hear the next three. <laughs> okay. All right. Number three is very important. What qualifies you to serve them? That too is where we're super connected, right? Because a book, the greatest thing that a book gives you is credibility and authority. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you have that to showcase what qualifies you to help people, that's, that's the part where we don't necessarily focus, like you said, hey, focus on what you do for people and how you change their lives and so forth, right? But at some point, you do have to tout you to the place where they should even listen to you at all. And so if you can articulate that, in your brand, that credibility, that authority, then that positions you as the one, the only one, the goal is to position yourself as the only one that can really help them with what they need to mm -hmm. accomplish. Yeah. And I, you know, the thing about that is, is that I fully agree where I see the difference is most people start with what they think makes them the authority. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the, the last things that you kind of do that's that's the tying in pieces you know what makes you qualified to do it but if that's how you start the conversation all people see is a talking head that goes blah 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 and nobody wants to listen to you <laughs> exactly right exactly and that's a hey that's a fantastic segue into the next one which is very important how how does it make their life different 
Yeah. Okay. How does it make their life better? That is what you're after, right? Because literally when people say, well, I want to help people, that's what they're really saying. Look, I have a skill set that is going to make your life better. And when it comes to our clients, no matter who they are, they only care about one thing themselves and they're seeking a service for themselves. And so they're perfectly in their right to do that. And if you're over here selling a purple widget and they need a yellow widget, you're talking two different languages. You're never going to get to them. Right. And so you have to be able to dial in. How is that going to make their life better? Tanya, actually, this is how she got me as a client. Like, really, I was mean to her when she first (laughs) called me on the phone. And I said, look, I've had five others just like him. I don't need another one. Well, I was traveling the country. I was I had an office in Irvine, California. I had an office in Atlanta, office in Seattle. I was all over the place. I didn't have time for just another, like you said, talking head about all the things they had done. But Tanya didn't do that. Tanya talked to me about how she was going to make my life better. And that is what won me over. And then I ended up working with her. And lo and behold, she over delivered and had under promised. I was blown away at what she did to make my brand better, that made my company better, that made my life better. So you got to dial that in as number four. What is going to make their life better? Okay. I got to stop you guys because you just delivered a huge nugget there. You over delivered. And that is so uncommon. In today's society, it's all about giving the minimum for the most buck. But if you want to be seen as as that authority, one of the, to me, one of the key elements of being an authority is the generosity, giving more over delivering. And, And I've had so many people say to me, Kim, why do you share so much? Why do you give away so much? Okay. Now I don't give away my products and my services. But I freely share my knowledge with people. People ask me how to write a book. I tell them how to write a book. (laughs) First of all, I know there's no way they could take what I said and write a book. But, you know, my goal is to be generous and share my knowledge and not and not hoard it. When, you know, when we deliver stuff, we try to give more value than what they're paying for. And you know what happens is I have an extremely loyal client base who love me, treat me like family and refer a whole lot of business to me. Exactly. Yes. That's exactly how it works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to over deliver. That's one of the ways that you separate yourself from the pack because you can differentiate yourself on the front end and everybody can say, I'm going to work with them them because they're different, right? That's really somebody who's focused on blank and that's what I need. But when you over deliver, that's what brings the loyalty not just the not just the nod to oh that person does a great job but now they're extremely loyal to you. Yeah. So we got one more, don't we? We have one more, one yeah. more. Okay, and this is the most important one if you if there is an important most important one. Actually, they're all very important. You can't leave any of them out. But this one is what makes you different from everyone else who is also trying to serve that same customer. It's really critical that you do that. It's not what makes you different from everybody in the world. It's what makes you different in this space. Mm-hmm. And, and that can come in a myriad of different ways. Some people declare their differentiation by a you know, personality attribute, some by a certain formula or way they do something, others by a specific type of person that they, that they truly like to help because they've been in that person's shoes before. There's many different ways. And that's the toughest part, I think, for a lot of people, because 
a lot of people say, well, I don't know what's really different about me. I'm really just out there trying to do what everybody else in my space is trying to do. And we assure them, no, there's something unique and special about you and we have to tap into it. And that's really where our skill shines is tapping into that inner star, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's two words that need to, to be taken out of your vocabulary and it's just a you're not a Justa. <laughs> That's true. I like that. <laughs> Very true. Not just another. Right? You're not just another, you know, real estate person. You're not just another, you know, ghostwriter. You're not, you know. So, yeah. yes, absolutely. And we and we all have a reason things make us different too and sharing that in your brand is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we are going to shift gears here cuz I want to make sure we take a few minutes to talk about your book. So first of all, just give us the title of the book. Tell us a little bit about it. And then I will ask you the question that I ask every author that comes on the show. Okay. Okay. So I've actually got them right here and we'll send you the covers to these, but it's basically, it's brand face for entrepreneurs and brand face for real estate professionals. And it's build your personal brand, boost your business. So, so we have two of those. The reason we have two is when we first started working together, Michael was my very first real estate brand face client and everything went so beautifully for him. And he executed everything exactly the way he was supposed to, according to the formula. And I said, my goodness, you know, you co-author with me the next book in the series, which is brand face for real estate professionals. And he said, yes, that could just continue to grow and grow and grow. And being an entrepreneur, because he's involved in more than just running a real estate brokerage, he's also an investor and he's an auctioneer. And so I said, well, let's do one more together. Let's do brand face for entrepreneurs. And so we have both of those and the branding principles are the same in No matter what the industry is, the Mm -hmm. principles are the same. Outcome is different for every single person. And there are nuances that are different industry, of course, but the principles of personal branding are exactly the same. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, are you ready for the question? Ready for the questions. (laughs) So what was the good, the bad, and the ugly of writing and publishing those books? I'll go first. Um, Well, the good, is there an authority booster? Right. We're on Kim's show, which is all about, you know, building authority through authorship. It's it is an automatic authority booster in whatever space that you're doing, you know, and we, of course, get into the you know, how it helps your presence on Google and, you know, and how your search engines are going to pick you up because you have this. You know, we didn't go into it thinking, oh, we're just going to get rich in our book. Right. We went in there thinking, okay, we're going to build an authority and then we're going to get rich in our programs. And the books are incredible for that. And and the real good was that we actually were number one bestsellers and international business and and several other categories that didn't really even expect. And we were like totally elated that it happened. So, yeah. So so I'll, I'll side with him on all of that. The bad, he alluded to that just a little bit, is, you know, everybody that comes into it, and you probably know this more than anybody, it's like, how many books can I sell? It's like, we didn't care. We didn't care if we sold two, Kim. Honestly, we, yeah, we, yeah. And, and if those were to our two moms, we didn't care. <laughs> the fact that we actually had a book and have put all of our knowledge and all of our, you know, formulas and so forth into those books put us in a totally different position in the minds of the people that were going to hire us to speak on stages and, and hire us to, you know, 
as as clients, right? Or for them to be our client. So that was it. And the other thing is, you know, you have to promote it just like everything else. That's mm-hmm. that's the bad. You can't just like write a book and pop it up on Amazon and think, okay, that's it. That's all I have to do. It's kind of like building a brand. You can't build a brand and then not put it out there. Same exactly. thing with the book. Yeah. So so that would be if there is a bad, that would that would be the bad. I do have a fix for the bad though. I learned it from a friend of mine. He a uh, super wealthy guy. A lot of of wealth in real estate and stuff, but he's always been fascinated with the auction business. And so he wrote this book about, I don't even know if you know this, he wrote this book about, you know, auctions and how to win at auctions. I think it might even be the title and he puts it out there and nobody buys it. So he made the the sales price like $29,000. <laughs> and, it, and I said, why did you do this, man? And he goes, well, nobody's buying it anyway. And I figured if they did, I could get some of my money back. <laughs> I don't know that story. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I share with my clients that it's not a field of dreams. You know, you're not going to write that book, publish it on Amazon and all of this business and fame and fortune and sales and everything are just going to fall into your lap. It's a marketing tool. It is. Yeah. And yeah. it is a great one though. And and I encourage all of your listeners, even if it's just one that needs to hear this right now, y'all need to work with Kim because you need this book. You really do. And because the, the things that will come from that, the doors that will be open for that, and your products and services that you can sell through that, it's it does work. So yeah. really you know, that goes back in a good category. I, the ugly <laughs> category. <laughs> the ugly category is that you know, when you self-publish, there's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, that's why you need somebody like Kim helping you because we did it on our own. She had already written one book, which sort of helped us along with it, but it is definitely laborious and you've got to be committed to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. The, you know, not finishing a book is almost a cliche. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'd say six books later, all six being self-published, uh, was it can be a nightmare when you're trying to keep up with everything and it's a system it's like okay check 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 right but you don't realize how many of those things uh connect to each other and affect each other and how you can't miss one of them so so you know if i had to go back and publish those six all over again i'd come to you kim because i'd say please take this ugly part away from me and just let me do my good stuff right It's funny. Um, I'm building out a whole new product line and, and audience. We will soon be announcing it. I know you've been waiting for a while. I've been talking about it for a while. It has taken me months to develop this all out. But one of the specialists I'm working with to create one of the products, he interviewed my clients to get a true sense of who they were, why they worked with me. You know, what was their life like? What was the transformation that came from working with me? And two of them, I've listened to two of them now, uh, even though some of the reasons and some of the outcomes and things were different, one of the things they both said was, was that I had a system in place, yeah, a system that walked them through step by step and a system that now we did most of the work, but we have a system in place so that they knew what was coming up next. They knew what was expected of them. They knew all the boxes would be checked off and and you are correct there are so many things that there's all the little check boxes and if you miss them and then you go try to upload that book on to amazon guess right. what <laughs> exactly 
you're having a really bad day. The baby's not being born. <laughs> no. <laughs> ready to stay in labor until this thing is ready to go. <laughs> That's what it feels like, too, <laughs> when you're trying to do it yourself anyway. <laughs> well, we are actually out of time. So what I would love for you guys to do is I'll give you time for one quick final, final thought. And how can people connect with you? Okay go first here. My one final thought is, you know, anybody can build a pretty brand, but it takes something different to build a profitable brand. So if you're out there, you know, if you're, if you're out there with a book over here and trying to get on a stage over there and being on some podcasts and, you know, on, on the flip side, and you're trying to pull all of that together into one streamlined business that you really need to be profitable. Hey, let us know, because that's really what we are all about is profitable personal brands. And you can reach us at brandfacestar.com. My thought, if I could leave them, is look, be kind, definitely be bold, and just do it. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Audience, thank you so much for listening today. Tanya, Michael, what a wonderful, amazing episode. I am I am feeling like you guys are kindred spirits, if you've ever watched End of Green Gables. Audience, if you're interested in, in learning more, please make sure that you check them out. But also, as well, if you are on YouTube, there will be a thumbnail somewhere on this screen that will take you to episode 366, How to Shorten the High Ticket Sales Cycle. If you're on your podcast app, we are well into the 400s. You're going to have to scan back again. But that episode will uh, quite nicely complement what you've learned here today. So thank you so much for listening and watching, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.